This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. In the shotgun, Carr's going to throw, pumps, looks end zone, throws for the end zone, wide open! James Young! I only play the slots because you know what they say scared money don't make money and I got scared money Rodgers to the end zone caught for the touchdown James Jones John Gruden has not coached since 2008 so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level you know and it's just Cali swag Happy Friday, beautiful people. It is Victory Friday for the Oakland Raiders. And I know Raider Nation couldn't be more excited after their thrilling 26-24 win over the Chargers last night to improve to 5-4 and four on the season. This is a bonus episode of Keep It at 300. I'm Fallon Smith with my guy James Jones. And JJ, you were on the NFL Network last night. And it's funny because you were working with David Carr, Derek's brother. So you guys must have been very nervous uh, down the stretch there in the game. (laughs) Absolutely. I tell people all the time, man, playing in the game, no matter what the situation is, if you got 15 seconds and you need a touchdown, if you got one minute, and three timeouts and you need a field goal, you're never nervous while you're playing in the game. But as I was watching, <laughs> I was the nervous man nervous man in the building. I'm like, what is going on? I just feel like I can't help. I'm super nervous. I'm like, I don't like this feeling. But, yeah, we were sitting in there watching the game. It was crazy. That's cool. And uh, the funny thing is, after the game, Derek Carr came on the show. And, well, let me just play this audio here. Apparently, the Carr family is a little bigger than everybody thought. Look who we have with Buddy. us. Yes. Yes. Hey. Good to see you, bud. Hey, first of all, I want to say hi to my brother, James. James, we've had more quality moments in that stadium on two minutes. Thank you. So, Thank you. Look at him. He's crying, bro. He's, he's crying. Come on, James. Right now. Oh, that was so great. You want to know why that's so funny? Why? So, it's it's a it's. We kind of, I kind of been joking with everybody there because every time Lindsay, every time the Raiders, we talk about the Raiders. Yeah. Lindsay always says, Derek, I mean, David, your Raiders are playing. Uh... <laughs> and last week she said it again. And I finally said, 
Why do you keep saying his Raiders? He never put on a Raiders uniform. I did. I'm a Raider, not him. I know it's his brother, but that's not his brother on the football field. I'm his brother. That's so funny. Yeah, so that's why yesterday when he came on, I have posted a picture after the game, too, of me and Derek Huggins because I was telling people he just went down and, like, had his that was his 19th comeback you know, victory, our game-winning drive. Yep. And I said, I was the first game-winning drive. I'm his real brother. I got his <laughs> first touchdown on his game-winning drive. So it was just funny that he came on and said that, man. I love it. I keep saying, David never plays for the Raiders. I did. I actually just love that Derek is the one that came out and said that first. Like, that was yeah. awesome. And it was like, t- <laughs> took it to his brother. But you did have Derek's first game-winning drive against the Chiefs. I was there. Thursday night football. Golly. Um, you know, you guys were winless 0-10, but you finally picked up your first one of the season. And it's crazy, though, how far, like, the Raiders are a far cry from those days. Um but last night was a good old-fashioned AFC West showdown, and I know that you want to show love to your guy Derek Carr and deservingly slow because, as you mentioned, he engineered his 19th game-winning drive. But James Jones, last night belonged to this Raiders defense. Okay, yeah. there's no doubt about that. We have to give credit to where credit is due. Um, they set the tone. They got pressure on Phillip Rivers all game long. You mentioned last week that was going to be the key. They created turnovers. Oh, and last week, you know, we said they're going to give up a ton of yards. They're going to give up a ton of points. If they can come up with turnovers, the Raiders will win games because, well, the offense is going to do its thing, right? Well, it was really the defense that did its thing all night long while the offense was actually having a tough time most of the game, James. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, man, ever since they got Ingram back um, and matched him up with Bosa, I mean, that, that defense is problem. So. Yeah. And it's like I always tell you, division games, it does not matter what your record are. They're always going to be close. You just know each other too well, man. So I kind of expected a game like that. But as you mentioned, Fallon, last week on our podcast, I said the keys to victory is to get pressure Mm -hmm. on Phillip Rivers Mm -hmm. and create a couple turnovers if you want to win the game. The D-line, I know we want to give credit to the back end and Harris for getting yeah. the picks, but the D-line yeah. was on filthy Phillip Rivers all game long. They did not let him breathe back there. He could not sit back in the pocket comfortable. They continued to keep coming. Even if they didn't get the sack, he was pressured. He felt them. He had yep. to get the ball out, and that's what made him throw them bad passes. Mm-hmm. I mean, even a couple passes – that Keenan Allen caught, if Phillip Rivers throws this ball in front of Keenan Allen, they are touchdowns. But the pressure was there. He had to get it out fast, and it was inaccurate throws. But I said it on the podcast last week, if they can get pressure continuously, they will be able to beat filthy Phillip Rivers. And they did, and they created a couple turnovers. Yep. The defense balled. And, you know, they made plays when they needed to, man. And that's what good football teams do, especially at home. You find ways to win. In the defensive stats, five sacks, ten quarterback hits. They had three interceptions. Um, And you wanted to talk about the D-line, so I guess I'm going to do that before I talk about Eric Harris. The D-line, as you mentioned, had a heck of a game. I mean, and this is with Arden Key on injury reserve. He broke his foot last week. Uh, Josh Morrow, he didn't play because he had a groin injury, but it didn't matter. 
Benson Mayoa had one and a half sacks. Mad Max Crosby was all over the place yesterday. I mean, he's going to be a special player in this league. That's for sure. And his quote-unquote brother, Cleveland Farrell, they like to call each other salt and pepper. I love it, actually. But Cleveland Farrell, eight tackles, two and a half sacks, two tackles for losses, and one pass defense. He showed why Mike Mayock and John Gruden had so much faith in him and took him fourth overall. And for now, quieted all the critics, including myself, who thought that he was a reach. So hopefully he can keep it up. But he needed a game like that, James. That's for sure, right? Absolutely, man. That just boosts your confidence right there. You can see after he got that first sack, he kind of turned into a different player. Yeah. You know, he started pinning his ears back. He started getting some confidence rushing the passer. You know, got his hands on a couple passes, tip passes. You just you just see him turn into a different player when he got that first sack, man. But like I said, the five sacks really don't even do it justice, man. I mean, the I, I'm, I'm sitting there watching. Yeah, I'm sitting there watching the game. I'm like every single play, like at one when Filthy hyped it, I said, "Oh, he's about to get sacked." That's that's the confidence I had in the D line from watching him last night. I'm like, he's about to get sacked, and we couldn't say that, you know, a little while ago. We like, man, they can't get pressure on nobody. They can't get pressure on my eight U flag football team. <laughs> I know I mean, it's how true. They gonna get it's pressure true. On Phil? And they came out last night, man, and and I was telling David too. I'm like, the Raiders got to bottle this stuff up because. At home, they're a totally different football Seriously. team. Like, and, and I'm just talking about energy-wise, too. Because like, they feed no off the crowd. Team, yeah, but there's no football team in the National Football League that plays harder than the Raiders when they're at home. So if they could just bottle that energy up and take that energy when they go on the road, because, I mean, Raiders fans travel well. Yeah, they're not as loud as they, they are at the Coliseum, but they tra- they travel well. But they just got to bottle that up, man, to take that with them, man, and take that energy and that effort on the road. And, I mean, they'll, they'll be in every ball game. I think this is one of those examples where maybe the defense was reading the press clippings, the negative press clippings, and everyone talking about how the Raiders are going to have to put up points because his defense can't stop nobody, right? And how their pass defense is one of the worst in the National Football League, but I'm telling you, it's crazy. People think it's super corny to say, but the defense really does feed off the energy of the crowd. I mean, and that was prevalent yesterday because they set the tone early. Oh, absolutely. And speaking of setting the tone, Eric Harris, man, I know we wanted to give credit to the D-line, deservingly so, but he was the man of the night. First quarter had two interceptions, okay, 115 yards on the returns. Uh, one went for a pick six. He should have had a third interception. That actually made me almost vomit uh, because that would have been a pick in the end zone, and it, it was negated because of a Max Crosby offsides penalty. Oh, come on, Mad Max. But um, anyways, it doesn't matter because the Raiders won the game. But uh, that was a backbreaker because it gave the Chargers the lead. Uh, I know the D-line, you know, getting pressure definitely helped Eric, but do you think Eric saw something on film? Because after that first quarter, I'm telling you, Rivers didn't want to throw the football no more. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I don't think he's seen nothing on film. I, <laughs> the, the first interception, it was just a terrible throw by Filthy. Uh, I mean, he the second one, the receiver open. fell. I think it was Hunter Henry fell. Yes, he threw it wide open. But I will say, after he got those first two, you could tell that he kind of – was reading Philip Rivers because that third one, even though it was a penalty, was special. Because Filthy looked to the right, 
And Buddy knew, Harris knew that he was trying to come back to the left and throw that ball. And he broke on that. He read Phillips' eyes. Yep. And that was a great play in the end zone, man. He, he he made a great play. And you could tell that they've seen that play before on film and knew that, okay, these are the plays that they're going to try to get to in the red zone because he didn't even flinch when Filthy peeked over there to the right and snapped his head back to be able to try to throw that ball back to the left. He read it and and, and broke on it, and I'm like, man, that was a that was a great that was a great play by him right there. I wish Mad Max was not offsides, man, because that that was big time, man. Whenever you can get three picks in the game, that's special, man. And we all know his story, man, where he came from, all the stuff he'd been through, yep. and just to get in there on Thursday night football, one of the biggest stage man and have a game like that and possibly could have had three picks and I mean he changed the game he changed the game I mean he he basically put the Raiders up 10-0 by himself yep and that's big time man whenever you can score on defense man your chances of winning go way up and he was making plays shoot he he possibly should have had four interceptions because the last one on the drive yeah went through his his hands man you know I'm saying he got a vertical like me if he could jump a little higher (laughs) You know, he might have picked it off, but no, proud of the kid, man, and the defense, man. They came out and played well. Well, it's just so crazy because literally could have had three picks in the first half. You're talking about a hat trick in the first half? I don't know the last time that has happened in the National Football League. But as you mentioned, Eric Harris does have an unbelievable story. I have some notes here, so I'm just going to roll off kind of his journey, the the Cliff Notes version. So he was a D2 walk-on. He goes undrafted in 2012, has no rookie minicamp invites, worked at a potato chip factory, worked at UPS. He drove three hours to Buffalo for a CFL tryout. Played three seasons in the CFL from 2013 to 2015. He got signed to a reserve future contract with the Saints in 2016. Then he tore his ACL. Then he was waived by the Saints in 2017. The Raiders signed him in 2017. And now it's 2019 and he's finally a starter. And he was the star of the game on prime time. Now, you probably saw this. He, his wife, his four kids, they were on the NFL Network set last night. It gave me chills. I was so happy for him. And when you hear stories like this, James, I mean, you can relate. Absolutely, man. And I'm I'm watching him on there, you know, last night about to cry, you know, because... <laughs> Because, I mean, I, I've been there before with him, man. I mean, obviously it's different journeys, but when you're up there on big stages like that and certain things like this happen to you and you, you've sold out and you've worked extremely hard, you never made any excuses, and you always did what you had to do to put yourself in position to be able to make it in the National Football League, then you finally get there and you work extremely hard, you grind, you're back up, and then you get your chance to be a starter and you make plays like this and you get up there. As you're up there answering all these questions, you're just thinking about all the stuff that you've been through, all the stuff that you overcame, all the things that you did. And, I mean, those are the stuff that people can read. There's a lot of stuff that people can't read, and only him and his family know that he sacrificed, that he did to try to get to this point, man. And it was just... It was just touching, man, because, I mean, all the kids that I talk to, I tell them all the time, hard work has never been beat. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
if you continue to grind, continue to work hard, I promise you one of them days that you're grinding, something good is going to happen to you. Yeah, no doubt about that. This kid did that. This kid did that, man. And people gave him an opportunity. Teams gave him an opportunity. He kept grinding. And then you get in the game and you seize your opportunity and you and you make plays like that, man. Proud, proud of that kid, man. Happy for him and his family. You know what made me kind of chuckle was last night um, he said, he told Steve Smith, because Steve Smith was trying to get him to cry. I swear, he was basically like, yo, you better cry because I know you're about to cry. And then he joked and said, um, actually, before I came on set, all the guys in the locker room were giving me a hard time and were like, you better not cry now. You better not cry now because they all know <laughs> yeah. where, where he's been. But um, obviously they're so proud of him. Um, yeah. But, I mean, just to, to know his story, everyone knows his story. And then you were asked to be on the set on the NFL Network set on primetime, a guy who wasn't even starting a year ago. I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. And so, actually, guess what, James? I hit up Eric Harris after the game and asked if he wanted to come on the podcast next week. And he said, oh, I would love to come on the podcast. So hopefully we can work something out. I have to obviously go through the proper protocol and reach out to, you know, Will Kiss, you know, the head of PR. But we're going to keep all y'all posted, Raider Nation. Hopefully he will come on the pod next week. And hopefully James will be available as well. So I don't have to do it solo, but I will. Do a solo if I have to. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's talk about the offense now. So kudos to the defense. Heck of a game. Hopefully you guys can keep it up. So Chargers, they take the lead, right, with four minutes to go. So it was Derek Carr's time to shine. Jalen Rashard, Hunter Renfro, you know, they were huge on that drive. But Josh Jacobs, you know, ran for an 18-yard go-ahead touchdown. But then I was like, uh-oh, there's a minute left. Chargers have three timeouts. Then I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, Daniel Carlson just missed the PAT. So instead of a three-point game, it's a two-point game. I was about to throw up, right? It was the longest minute of football ever. (laughs) But then, you know, the defense held its own. Carl Joseph came up with a game-sealing interception. But let's go back to that Josh Jacobs touchdown. We talk about situational football all the time. If he was a veteran running back, do you think that he would have kneeled at the one-yard line to make sure – you know, the clock was still running out, or when you're down, you just go for the for sure touchdown. Yeah, you can't. No, you cannot kneel right there. You're losing. You only kneel when you're winning. Okay. I just want to I just want to know. It was just too much time for me. I'm like, ooh. No, yeah. I mean, if, if you're up and you bust through the hole like that, yeah, you, you kneel. But when you're winning, no, we need to score a touchdown. You know, you mess around and kneel right there on the one and try to e-clock up and they stop you, stop, stuff you on the one-yard line like they did the Chargers a week, uh, oh, couple yeah, weeks ago true. in, you in right. Tennessee. You, yeah, you're right. And then the, then the game game is over. No, he, he he did the right thing. You got to get up in there, score a touchdown, and, and put the rest in your defense's hands. But last week, again, what'd you say? People need to listen to our <laughs> podcast more because I speaks it. I keeps it three hundred on here. I came on, and the first thing I said was, "You guys need to put some respect on DC name." Oh yeah, you did. Embrace Derek Carr. He's a special quarterback. You guys are spoiled, Raider Nation. You got an opportunity to watch a guy throw the football that is special at throwing the football. He got in that two-minute drive. He didn't blink. Mm-hmm. He stepped up in the pocket continuously, throwing dimes to Hunter Renfro, to the mm-hmm. running backs, to Jalen Richard, and he just, I mean, he that whole drive was just, Man, ten plays, seventy-five yards. Ten plays, seventy-five yards. Yeah, it was perfect. He didn't take no sacks. He didn't force no throws. He took what was there. He knew he had timeouts, and 
Right? That drive right there, Raider Nation just thinks like that's how it's supposed to go. No, it's not when you're searching for quarterbacks. (laughs) It does not go that way. But when you got a guy back there that's special, it goes that way. 19 game winning drives, that's what what happens. So I continue to tell people, put some respect on D.C.'s name. You see Filthy Phillip Rivers, my guy, got the ball, and he didn't move the ball none. Yep. You know, know what I'm saying? Like I'm watching, I'm watching Philip out there, and I'm like, man, Philip, why are you taking all these deep shots? You have three timeouts. It's okay to throw it short. Let your guys run. Throw the ball in the middle of the field. It's okay. I don't understand why he was, he was rattled, bro. Like he was that. rattled all game. Though. It was crazy, but but the offense, man. Like I say. Good teams find a way to win, especially at home. And the Raiders got the ball back in two-minute mode, drove it down there, and they drove it down there like they was well-prepared for this situation the whole yeah, time. Yep. They, I mean, this was this was like, man, practice. This is what we do in practice against our defense. Two-minute drive, let's go down the field, man. And, and it was special, big-time win at home, man. But but Derek Carr, man, the thrower of that football, the leader of that football team, man, it's just it just gives the whole team confidence to know yeah. if we can keep it close and the ball is in our quarterback's hands at the end of the game, we're going to win that game. And it's crazy, though, because for most of the game, they did struggle, surprisingly, right? Um, a lot of it had to do with they never really got the ball in the first half because the defense yeah, is making plays. Say, the, the, the Chargers came out and they did the same thing they did to the Packers, yeah. man. They ate the clock up. Kept that offense on the off the field, man. They was they was cold. The wind was blowing, and when you get in there, it's hard to get in the rhythm. You know what mm-hmm, I'm saying? And they yeah. got in a little rhythm before you know that drive they had before halftime. You know, and then that's why you see them come out after halftime and have a little success too on the drive they had. But it's hard to get in rhythm early when you're not on the football field. I think shoot, it was three minutes left in the second quarter, and they had nine plays or twelve plays or yeah. something like that. That's it's hard to score points when you only got 12 plays. Now, what feels good, though, is as a Raiders fan, you knew, okay, if the Raiders just get the ball back with some time left, Derek Carr's going to engineer a game-winning drive again. Yeah, like, you just knew, like you, you can't say that with a lot of quarterbacks. No, you can't. That's what I'm trying to get people yeah. to realize, man. You cannot, man. You only can say that with guys that are really special quarterbacks, man. You're not going to say that with Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, and it's yeah. one of those things where like it didn't matter what they did all game and the struggles that they did have and the stalled drives that they did have you knew that he was going to make a play or make plays Absolutely. on that final drive to to put the Raiders on top um, and so mm-hmm. that's obviously a lot of confidence Raider Nation should have going forward um, I do want to mention golly this Raiders rookie freaking class so Alec Ingold, I don't know if you know this. Uh, well, you know him because he's a Wisconsin dude, um, but the undrafted mm-hmm. rookie fullback. He has six touches this season. Just six, James, right? All six have gone for first downs, including his first career touchdown that he scored last night. Yeah. Twelve Raiders touchdowns have come from rookies this season. You got seven from Josh Jacobs, three from Foster Moreau, uh, two from Hunter Renfro, and then the one from Ingold. Yeah. John Gruden wanted to get younger. Okay, knew he had several holes to fill when he took the job. You can question some decisions that he's made. I have, okay, on this podcast. But it looks like the Raiders are on the right track and the future is bright, James. To to win ball games, you need your rookies to play well and you need rookies to step up. I mean, the years that we were special, our rookies our rookies played some good football. Um, I mean, the year 
the year we, we won the Super Bowl, we got Brian Bulaga. Brian Bulaga protected Aaron Rodgers. Mm. I mean, just played football at a high level. Yep. The year before that, we, we drafted Clay Matthews and B.J. Raji. And the young players, when they start playing well, just take your football team to a whole nother level. Yeah. And that's what these young rookies are doing for, doing for, doing for the Raiders, man. And you got an opportunity in the upcoming draft to get a couple more yep. in the first round, too. But... I mean that's that's what they're supposed to do, man. And when you whenever you draft some good ones and you get guys that can contribute, man, it just makes your team that that much better, man. And the Raiders got to go right now. Their rookies is is playing at a high level. If they can continue to do that, man, the Raiders will, will have a chance to to make a push in these playoffs. Yeah, and after um, every win at the Coliseum, John Gruden, he goes and thanks the black hole personally. He doesn't just thank them. He gives them hugs, high fives. It's actually pretty intense. But as a fan, James, you got to love it because not many coaches will take the time after a game to personally, like personally, physically go up to a fan and thank them. And I think uh, with this being the last season in Oakland, the fans definitely deserve a, a gesture like that. Absolutely, man. And, and since he's got the job, all he's talked about is, is bringing winning culture back to this fan base, and the fan base deserves it. And I think that's all from him, you know, coaching there before, you know. So yeah. he knows how passionate the black hole is, how much winning means to them, how much of a hole that this organization has been in, you know what I mean, not seeing a bunch of winning football. So it means something to him to bring that back, you know, to the black hole. So. When he runs over there, man, it's kind of like, man, this one's for y'all. We're going to keep grinding. We're with y'all, man. Just keep coming in here, making this noise, and keep riding with us. All right, and final note. It's a negative note, unfortunately. I don't mean to leave on a negative note, but Carl Joseph was seen on crutches after the game. I guess he got injured on the game-sealing interception. I really hope he's going to be okay because he's quietly having a career year. Um, and LaMarcus Joyner, as you saw during the game, pulled up lame on that final drive. So it looked like it was a hamstring injury. Hopefully it's just a strain, not a tear. Because losing those two guys would be a huge blow, James. A huge blow. Absolutely. And those are, oh man. Oh, those are two those of the best. You get the, the slot corner and the, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And your starting safety. I mean, that would be a huge blow. But the guys, James, they have 10 days to recover before it's back to business uh, when they host the winless Bengals. So hopefully the Raiders can keep on rolling and make a push to the playoffs. So we'll see. One game at a time, though, right? One at a time, man, because, shoot, one win, one loss could change everything. So, hey, tunnel vision, get rest, enjoy your families, you know, Hey, dudes, get some massages in the jacuzzi, rehab, man, and then come back and after this mini-bye week, man, focus to beat the Bengals. Do you see this game, though, against the Bengals as a quote-unquote trap game, facing a winless Bengals team? But you're at the Coliseum, so you got to feed off that energy. Well, no, it's not a trap game to me because, I mean, you're playing for something. It's a trap game if you seven 7-1 and one and you like, we the leaders in the division, they terrible, we're going to smack them up, but... When you looking up and you fighting and you trying to get in first in the division and you see the uh, the, the AFC playoff picture and you're not in it yet, it, it is no trap games. Mm. All these games got to be won. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully, ho- hopefully they take care of business. Okay. Because the Bengals are are, are terrible. <laughs> so we'll see. Hopefully it's not a close game either. Because I, I think uh, after back to back thrilling. Uh, games. Um, I, I like my hair, and I don't like gray hair. So um, <laughs> I'm going to need the Raiders to uh, figure this out and put the game away early 
All right, because that'll be great. All right, well, that's going to do it for this bonus episode of Keeping It 300. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you haven't done so already, make sure you rate us and write a review. Yes, I'm talking to you. Mm -hmm, You know who you are. I'm talking to you. Please go and rate us and write a review. We would really, really appreciate it. Till next time, for James, I'm Fallon. We out. Peace.